and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is back in session. With me, as always, is the man who is so metal that when he stares into the sun during a solar eclipse, the sun's eyes get damaged. Mr. Drew Celestino. The sun blinks. The sun Before blinks. Before I do. <laughs> it's, it's not so much that the sun's eyes get damaged. The sun gets scared and hides behind the moon. That's right. It, is, <laughs> it needs the moon for cover. You're that metal. I'm that metal. Or uh, it's actually just the sun is asking me to to get Donald Trump to stop looking at it with my glasses. <laughs> Uh, on. Come on, we all knew that was coming. Yeah, we all knew that was coming. Yeah, he'll use that as a uh, a new way to be a science denier. He'll he'll just add to his his repertoire. Yeah, I looked at the sun and it was totally fine. Okay, what I'm, do they know? I'm huger than the sun. All I got to think is, I'd hope you go blind. Anyway, <laughs> hi. How are you doing? Good seeing um, you're in your normal chipper mood. I'm a little under the weather, so you might have to walk me through this uh, today. So, Well, this is a podcast. We do it every week. It's yes, sir. based largely around Daredevil, but we talk about some other stuff, too. Okay, I think I can make that make that happen. So if okay. I sound a little groggy, it's because I am. So. All righty. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of leads us into our opening statements, and I guess we kind of got a preview of how your week was. <laughs> it's been... Uh, Sinusy, for lack of a better word, strikes and gutters, ups and downs. I thought I felt it coming on Friday when, when Defenders premiered, yeah. and I did not attend your your house because I was like I just felt it coming, and I was not in a good way. And uh, it felt a little, a little better on fr- Saturday and Sunday, and then yesterday it just it kicked back in full force. And oh. I woke up this morning and I was sore throat now, and it's just like, well, this is just all splendid. So I feel like crap, but uh, the week itself was uh, pretty adequate, I guess it's a good way okay. to put it. Um, drinking your fluids, taking your NyQuil? I'm drinking fluids. I don't take NyQuil because it really messes me up in a bad, like, I'll, it'll put me down, but much like, uh, it'll put me down, I'll wake up a few hours later and I will be awake, like hyper awake. Okay. Like, you know, there's no going back to sleep, and it's three. It's three thirty in the morning, and I'm I can't fall back. You know, it's it's not good. Yeah. I have enough insomnia problems on my own without medication. Then when you do wake up, you have that like me, that medicine-y that head fog, that kind of fog. Yeah, and you're like, what's happening? So um, no, just drinking drinking my water and whatnot, and staying hydrated, and it's a good time. My nose will be rosy red very soon from all the tissues I've been using. So uh, look forward to that. And um, that aside, it's it's really I, I had a very busy um, Sunday. Saturday, I watched Mystery Science Theater um, an, an episode of Mystery Science Theater on top of a uh, a good band rehearsal. Um, and I can tell you right now that the episode of Mystery Science Theater that I watched was it it has to be among the worst I've ever seen. Really. <laughs> this is the the new the movie is so bad that it, there's almost no redeeming oh it. okay i thought you were talking about like the jokes and stuff were bad they did their best with what they had yeah sometimes the movies are just so terrible that you're like well here we are and <laughs> wizards of the lost kingdom 2 oh god Ooh. wow two no less oh man what a yeah warning out there for anyone this one is, uh, oh, wow, it's bad. No bueno? 
No. They try, and it's it's bearable, but barely. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Sunday, though, was a uh, big day. Um, I'm reskirting the deck. So Sunday was basically eight hours or so, well, more like six, six to eight hours of uh, strenuous labor reskirting the deck. Mm. So picking up lumber, cutting lumber, hands and knees, ripping off old lattice and, and staples and hammering in sta- old staples, and then drilling in the new boards and uh, digging out a flower bed that was two feet of dirt, basically, that I had to get behind to put the new skirting in. And it was kind of a pain. And I'm only halfway yourself? done. Huh? Uh, my dad helped me out. But, um, yeah, you know, just me and him. Um, I did the majority of the low work. So I was on my, my knees most of the day, just grinding, putting the, the boards in and digging out that that flower bed and uh, getting dirty, laying in it because there's a giant uh, hydrangea flower in that flower bed that I had to like get away from the deck. I had to like tie it <laughs> tie it off so I could get behind it. And even then, it was kind of awkward. Oh god, dude, it was just strenuous. And I was in the sun for eight hours. And you know what that does to you? It just like sucks the life out of you. I just say being in the sun. Period. I like it, except you know when you're out there doing work work in it, it it you you lose yeah. energy much faster. So when I was done, yep. like I was done. But somehow I endured. SummerSlam was Sunday. You watched? Uh, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not very good. Um, Braun Strowman was fun, wrecking, wrecking stuff. That aside, not good at all. NXT TakeOver on Saturday, though, was very good. Good? On paper, shouldn't have been. But in execution, it was fantastic. Every match was great, and every the whole show was just, was was excellent. And on paper, it looked like crap, and I was like not excited by it. Turned it on, fantastic. Next night, SummerSlam, the big main rock. Ooh, WWE, WWE, big show, stars, and you know, yeah, bleh, bleh, Ugh. Ugh. I'm trying to remember what was the hook. Of SummerSlam, it's the, it's a big summer show. Like it's WrestleMania sur- summertime. Like Survivor Series, you've got the team battles, and Royal Rumble, you've got like the Royal Rumble. There is no hook. It's SummerSlam. Okay, it's just it's it's the second biggest show after Mania. All right, but even that's kind of debatable because the Rumble is so much fun, you know. So I yeah, I don't know. I'm giving up. I'm I've abandoned all hope for the company. Abandon all hope, all ye who enter. That should be on the locker room door. <laughs> that's the week man here i am uh sniffling and being being all miserable oh well you know actually today was kind of fun too i spent some uh quality time today trying to acquire a pre-order on a super nintendo classic yeah i saw the uh that didn't the go so well going on between you and alan did not go so well for uh, me sorry man don't blame me blame retailers and scalpers that's all i can don't, say don't you want to get it from gamestop and don't they've got like a bundle thing going? Uh, you can't you know, even get those right now. I hate bundles. I hate bundles I too. Hate think they're bundles. Uh, they're terrible. The Think Geek ones especially were, were were awful, but they sold out because yeah. supply was drying up everywhere else. Sure enough, if you go on eBay right now, you'll find about ten pages of people yep. scalping them. I don't know. I, I that that is the problem. Yeah, I don't know how really they is. get away with it. I don't know how eBay just doesn't go like no, you're not no, 
We don't we don't sell pre orders on eBay. I don't know how the I don't know how, I don't know how you get around it, but yeah, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I don't know what it is. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll get one. You got a Nest Classic. I did. I know. I just want that warm security blanket saying confirmed. That that here's your confirmation number. But see, here's the thing. Here's you like know, here's the genius of Nintendo. They're completely recreating the retro experience. Oh, like when you did back in the day when we didn't know when a game was going to come out, we had to stand in line for hours because the store might have some. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that uh, that's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a working man, sir. We don't got time for that. <laughs> we like the evolution of street dates. And- I like going on my phone and just pushing a button and like, I have it. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming in the mail. Yeah. The hunt is not as fun when you're the one that has to drive around in holiday traffic. Yeah. And when you have adult responsibilities, the yeah. hunt is not quite as fun. According according to my parents, the hardest Christmas present they ever like the hardest time they ever had acquiring a Christmas present for me was in fact Mike Tyson's punch out. Really? They said they went all over and I think they ended up paying like twice. Wow. Retail. I, that's not the game I would have expected for that. That's yeah, well, I mean. Fascinating. Got to remember, once again, we're at a time there's no street dates. There's no online, so you can't check, you know, inventory of stores and whatnot. So you just got to go out and hunt. Nope. That I remember. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm a little sad, but I'll, I will find a way. I, the will is there. I, I will it will be mine. I oh have yes, every confidence in you. Good, you should. <laughs> I, I'm I'm crafty like that. <laughs> anyway, that's that's what's up, man. How was your week? My week. I had a week, sir. My week started last week Wednesday night when, thanks to my good friend Brian, who is very kind to furnish me with a free ticket to see the one, the only Guns and Roses at New Era Field, and that was a really, really enjoyable experience all right good you now, were iffy on concerts so i'm glad you well, enjoyed it no i mean i still enjoyed it i i will say this i am super appreciative to brian for doing that for me and you know making sure i had that experience um i probably would not have paid the money for the seats we had because we were at the if the stage is at one end of the football field yeah we were at the exact opposite end okay in the 200s so, so like not quite the upper section. deck, but in the yeah. middle. But you're still far back. Yeah. Okay. So, and exactly how I commented earlier, it was what I thought it was. Little dots running around on stage. I essentially watched the concert on television. But you're that there. Be, but I'm there. It's It was a fun experience. I really enjoyed it. I really got into it. Um, th- I, we were a little disappointed because remember we were talking um, one game night and we were wondering who the opening act was. Yes. It was not the opening act. It was so it wasn't Deftones. No. Uh, it's a it was live. Oh. I remember live. I remember live too. I put Throwing Copper probably in might be in my top five albums of all time. It's called Throwing Copper. They should have called it Throw It in the Trash. That's that's I'm not I'm good. No. I'm I am i am good with live. And the guy's a little crazy little ponytail he had for a little while there. But uh we <laughs> We were kind of disappointed because we both wanted to see live, but, you know, we just couldn't time. Like, they went on stage at 6, you know. What time did you get there? We got there, I think, at about 6.30. Okay. Because, you know, both had jobs that we had to get home from and kids to take care of and whatnot before we You departed. missed them? 
Yeah, we completely missed. We were walking into the stadium to hear the last half of lightning crashes. Huh. Okay. So, That's so, Wow, they didn't get a very long set then, did they? Um, Probably. I mean, we had a bit of a walk. We parked in some dude's yard. Those people around Orchard Park make bank on event days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, but the byproduct is they have, to have, they have to live in Orchard Park. Yeah, that's true. Um, sorry so, to our Orchard Park listeners, by the way. Well, I mean. <laughs> I'm not a South Towns fan. I'm sorry. No, I'm not a South Towns I love snow, and I still wouldn't want to live in the South, south Towns. I mean, they probably got like six inches today. Yeah, <laughs> in August. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it was, it was really good. They played for about three hours. Um, and Did they go on on time? Yeah. See? Yeah. The, the, I think tickets had like 7.30. I think they ended up going out like 7.45. Axel's a good boy now. Yeah. Well, um, And not only that, Axel's voice maintained throughout the entire show. A friend of mine went uh, as well from Cleveland. He drove up. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to hang out. But uh, he said the, the band was great and Axel was hit and miss. But for a guy his age, singing that kind of stuff, that's, that's not easy. Yeah. So. Especially when you haven't spent your whole life taking care of your voice the way you yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah. So I was happy for what we got. Um, pretty much every album was represented, okay. including Chinese Democracy, which was weird to with hear. With Slash? With Slash and Duff. If I'm Slash, I'm going like, no, I'm well, not playing it. <laughs> I, I think they had a hand in writing some of the stuff. Because you really? got to remember, that album was in development for well over a decade. True. So, True. That's, that's, that's yeah. interesting. So they played the uh, they played three of the four good songs off Chinese Democracy. Um, the one I wanted to hear the most off Chinese Democracy they actually didn't play, ah. which was Madagascar. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really great show. Uh, seeing Slash live is like seeing one of the wonders of the world. My friend Brian um, has experience with guitar. He was in a band and uh, still plays on occasion today. And he was just watching class. He's like, it's it's just not fair. It's it's not fair what that man's capable of doing with a guitar. And you had a Slash is good. Slash is better than good, sir. He's good. He's he's better than good. As a guitar player, I'll tell you he's good. <laughs> better than good. If he didn't have a top hat, he wouldn't be as rated as he is. I'll put it that way. He's got a look. We're gonna, we're gonna politely agree, disagree on that. Oh yes, I'm I'm clearly wrong about Slash's abilities so, on so the instrument that I perform on as well. Okay. We will politely agree to disagree. All right. I, I'm not saying you're a bad guitarist. It has nothing, I, I, it has nothing to do with me. It has objectively has to do with things I know about the instrument and Slash's ability to play said instrument versus other people that I know that play the instrument and their ability to play said instrument. He's good. I'm not crapping on him, but he's good. He's done a lot with good ability. Good for him. Take away the the image, and he's he's just good. <laughs> mm. But that's what makes rock stars, man. It's, they're bigger than just their talent. So, so yeah. <laughs> you done crapping on my fun experience? Hell no! I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> so you're not done crapping on it? You're gonna? I'm listening. I'm poking. I'm poking. I'm glad you yeah, had a good time. I know. I'm glad you went. I'm glad you get to see your favorite band. Yeah, it was good. Um, what? They had a couple merch booths up. Do they? Did they have the ones outside and inside and all that? Like yeah, the tra- yeah that's there's good. like I'll the one on the now. field. Yeah, and then there's there were a couple outside. I'm like, you know, 
I know it's going to be overpriced. Maybe it'd be nice to get like a t-shirt or for this or something. I like get Julie a t-shirt. What are they going for? 40 bucks. Oof. That's for, steep. Man. For a t-shirt <laughs> that I was going to be able to wear once and not fit me after I wash it. <laughs> no, they're, they're all pretty shrunk now. Because concert tees are not renowned for their... They're, no, they're, they're good. They've gotten better. Oh, yeah. They're all pretty shrunk now. You, they don't, you don't got to worry about it. Um, and as, as, a, as a youth, because that happened to me once... I learned so all my my concert my choice ones anyway I don't put in the dryer I I hang dry them all and I have a lot of t-shirts so you know I, I as well <laughs> but I keep them in I I like to wear them so that I keep them as, as good a shape as I can forty is steep I'm not surprised but that is a little steep forty I think bucks Metallica for a t-shirt like thirty forty bucks for a t-shirt twenty five bucks for a keychain yeah I was like yep that's concert merch let's get going. <laughs> Just remember, that's where the bands allegedly make all their money. With those prices, I can see why. Well, I mean, with the way record sales are nowadays, yeah. they don't make money off the record no. sales anymore. They, they, uh, why these shows are so damn expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, that and, you know, Ticketmaster. And, but. A, and a drastic uh, musical gear shift. I saw Sarah McLaughlin was coming to the uh, casino in Niagara Falls. Folks, I wish you could see the look on Drew's face right now. I'm just afraid she's going to come on stage and 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 show a video of of sick dogs, <laughs> yeah, right. and bum everyone out <laughs> before the show. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely a possibility. But no, her tickets are like starting at seventy bucks. Wow, like, no thanks. She commands seventy bucks, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm. That's what they're selling for. I'm not. I'm just. That's. Yeah. Uh, then again, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised, but I didn't know the Sarah McLaughlin market was that hot for a seventy dollars ticket. But well, I, I mean, guess it is. It's not necessarily your market per se, so you may not have. I guess not. My my frame of reference is a little <laughs> off. Yeah. So that was that was Wednesday. Thursday, I had off work for recovery, which wasn't that bad. Like, I was home by twelve thirty. You took the day off. Yeah, I took the day off. Well, I'd never been to a like, concert of that size, so I had no idea. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know. They're going to make you old. run laps on the field? I don't know. I'm old. Okay. Oh, let me tell you this. That's funny. Let me tell you this. That's great. Um, it was, it was kind of like I did enjoy where we were sitting because everyone was just kind of chill. Yeah. Like, granted, the uh, the age range of the Guns N' Roses fans got considerably older, so you're probably yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. have a lot of what you had the last time they came here in 93, which was, you know, beer being thrown everywhere and so on and so forth. <laughs> There's Now, there were two guys sitting in the section over from us who I could only classify as concert hipsters. Okay. Because they showed up in... in um, pastel plaid shorts and matching button-down short sleeve shirts with the collar, and then they both p- bought a Guns N' Roses concert shirt and put it on over the shirt. Those so, gentlemen had no right to so, be at that so show. So the collar is over the T-shirt, and I'm just like, I I want to be all inclusive, but you guys are doing it wrong. Yeah, those guys should not have been there. Oh yeah. I was a very wide age range at that. I show. would imagine there would be. So, so yeah, that was good. So uh, yeah, Thursday I took off. Um, William had a bit of the sniffles, so it was it's going around. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, it was kind of. So I was pretty much taking care of him all day. Uh, Friday um, was Defenders, which it was. we're going to get to in the show. Um, 
you unfortunately had to bow out for reasons previously mentioned. Um, Mike Hoffert and his lovely fiance Chelsea joined us. Nice. That was that was fun. We did a couple episodes, and then Saturday, X Wing tournament. How'd you do? Third place. Okay. First time I ever placed at a at a tournament. I thought you won a tournament. No. Oh. No, I haven't won a tournament yet. Okay. Well, good for you. So yeah. It was, a, it was a really good tournament at a Two Kings Gaming in the Eastern Hills Mall, so shout-outs to them. Um, I won my first two matches and then made it to what is essentially would be considered the final match, uh, but then got completely destroyed in the final match, so I got, points-wise, I got bumped down third. Ouch. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was a good time. Uh, big tournament this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, store championship tournament. It's going to be, it's actually part of the, uh, the, I guess they call it the beef and wing brawl. It's a big, like, uh, miniatures gaming thing happening at the Buffalo Marriott. Wow. So going to do that. Beef and wing brawl. Yeah. Will there be beef on wet and chicken wings for everyone to enjoy? Kind of hoping. Okay. Cause you know, that's false advertising. Otherwise. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, looking up now to see the name of it. But, yeah, that was uh, Saturday. So that was a really good time. Won, like, store credit and everything. Cool. Bought a ship. More ships. It. More ship. The house expansion plans ship. have to be adjusted now because well, it didn't have to be a little bigger. I can't. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> the, ta- the tackle box is, is nearing capacity. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I guess... Yeah, it's the brawl hosted by Beef and Wing. Oh, okay. Sure. Whatever that it's, means. Uh, sure. August 25th, 27th at the Buffalo Marriott Motorsport. Check it out. But yeah, it's not just X-Wing. It's like a whole bunch of miniatures games. You cool. Know, Warhammer 40K, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the Saturday. Uh, then Sunday, we the wife and I went to a new comic shop, which opened up like not... 10 minutes from us on Webster Street. Uh, Pulp 716. Opened ah, I've up, heard of said store. Opened up a new location. Ah. Uh, it's a really nice location. They got like a little cafe in there and everything. Uh, it's really cool. So go check them out. Nice new shop. Good selection of stuff for the size of the shop it is. Um, you can go there. It's kind of like a nice place where you can kind of go and they got some board games there you can play and whatnot. Well, I just kind of chill out. They, It's not... So it's not expressly a comic shop. It's more like a, a a hangout place that sells comics. If I had to qualify it, I would say that it is a comic shop because the bulk of what they are presenting to you is comics. Yeah, but there's but food and it's, stuff. It's, it's a comic shop and how newer comic shops nowadays, the direction they're going. In. Okay. It's not an... A comic shop in the tradition that we are accustomed to, what we grew up in, where it's like just comics, you go in. Get your you comics know, and you leave? Yeah. Okay. And like here you the, get your comics and you stay. Yeah. Here you can get your like comics, that. you can grab a cup of coffee, yeah, chill yeah. out, hang out. You know, so it's it's really cool and I wish them well. Awesome. So that was, yeah, that was the week. Cool. So, dear listener, if you would like to tell us about your weeks or send us any questions or comments, of which we have a couple for this week. You can do so at the following social media locations. You can reach us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all this information on our website, 
thedevilsdopodcast.com. That being said, Drew, it is time to start some cross-examination because we got some emails, sir. All right. Well, um... How spoilery are they? Because I... Do we have to worry about that? Because I'm... Full disclosure before we get into Defenders, I did not binge watch Defenders. I watched one episode of Defenders. <laughs> Shame on you. Hey, man. Busy guy. Um, No, they're not spoilery. Okay. So we will start out with... So dear listeners, I'd appreciate it if you don't spoil the Defenders for me, because I'm going to be watching this at my own pace. <laughs> Excuse me. It's going we'll around. St- yeah. <laughs> we will start out with the hawk and dove of oh. of the Devil's Dew. Who's hawk and who's dove? <laughs> you know what? Alan's dove. Well, Alan is dove. Nice. For reasons that will probably be discussed later when we get to his question. All right, let's go. So we'll start with Mr. J. Gelsomino. He said, first, I'll answer my question from last week. Spider-Woman, me, Venom. Folks, if you want to know what that means, go back, go back to back last, week. last week. We're not going to dive back into it. <laughs> Carl and Drew, would you rather own your own drive-in theater, but once a week you need to watch your least favorite movie and your favorite movie both dubbed over by Fran Drescher and Gilbert Gottfried, a shark, but he's pretty ugly like the one from Jaws 3, or the next five years of comics to be all starring the talents of Rob Liefeld and Rick Remender. Oh. Which would I rather? Yeah. I'm going with the movie theater. Me too. Yeah. I, I can deal with it. Bad movie night could be fun. Yeah. Especially with those dub voices. I mean, I, if if I got to endure Star Wars with those voices, then we'll hear, uh, you know, the bad movie will be worth it. And to have comics not done by those two. Although, I Although, will say, Rick Remender's Deadly Class, title worth reading. Curveball with those two, as bad as I find them to be. Well, we have said that Remender, when he's not doing on stuff that he hasn't created, Blind, oh, what's what? A blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. So I mean, it, <laughs> it 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 can't all be bad, right? Right, 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 right. Deadly class. It's a good book. Rob Liefeld. I'm struggling, but yeah. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. He Some, might be the exception to the rule. Yeah, with blind squirrel. <laughs> sometimes know. a blind squirrel gets rabies and has to be put that's, down. That's that's what you do. Yeah. Tough luck for the squirrel. Uh he's doing all right. I'm sure. So. Okay, Carl, which Street Fighter would win in an actual street fight a la Rocky Five? Oh! But, I mean, it's it's already Street Fighter, so what? So are you saying, like, they can't throw fireballs and whatnot? Yeah, it's got to be straight up. Just straight up? Yeah. Uh, Zangief. Zangief. Uh, Zangief. Well, I'm going to throw a little salt on Zangief. I know it's your question, but you you answer it, so... yeah. To be fair, Zangief is a trained pro wrestler. Pro wrestling's a work. He might not be a good fighter. Yeah, but considering how big he is. That, that don't matter. <laughs> so are you saying going with like a Balrog? If you were to give me Balrog versus Zangief, I would probably take Balrog. Because Balrog actually punches to punch. You don't pull those punches. Yeah, but Zangief ra- ra- trains by wrestling bears. Are they declawed and defanged bears? Like no, look at the scars on his body. Yeah, that could be kayfabe though. 
All right, we're going to move on to your question. <laughs> Drew, pleasure wed eviscerate. Murder, uh-huh. yeah, murder yeah, yeah, sex, yeah, 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 yeah. Murder you. sex, Mary. Uh huh. Kyle Reese, Michael Ooh. Bean version. Yeah. John Con. Wait, it, what what other version would there be? Um, Anton Yelchin from Salvation. I didn't see that movie, and I'm glad. Okay, moving on. You know what? Everybody craps on it. I like it. I, okay. Uh, I've heard the Christian Bale rant, which is glorious. <laughs> so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> as close as I got to see in the movie, though. Uh, John Connor for a long version. Okay. Guns N' Roses played You Could Be Mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big fan of it. And or Miles Benedict Dyson. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I think we all know who the kill is. I got to kill Everett Furlong. Sorry. I've seen how his... You can't go around killing people. I've seen how his his story ends in his, you know, career trajectory. We, you know, I'm, I'm going to perform a mercy killing. Sorry, Edward, you're dead. <laughs> Did you a favor. Yeah. Um, We're not going to let you make a crow movie. I think I will pleasure Kyle Reese. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to marry... Uh, Mr. Dyson. He was a family man. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, good guy. Good guy to settle down with. Reese, mm. uh, I don't know if he's a good guy to settle down with. What with the night terrors and yeah. based on pictures I've seen of uh, Michael Bean in, at conventions in, re- in recent past, he's, oh, he likes the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live with that. <laughs> it's just, if you're going to be in that situation, you want to be the one that likes the sauce. That's right. So I'm going to marry Dyson. All right, Jay, thank you as always for yes, the questions. Thank you for that. Um, Alan Waiters. Mr. Alan Waiters. When doves cry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sensing some some uh, rage. Well, Alan was at Gen Con. He was at Gen Con. And I asked for a favor. Apparently couldn't be troubled with waiting in a small line for a little while. Small line? That was no small line, sir. It wasn't the worst line in the world. No one wants to wait in the line. Yeah. Now we got to wait till next month to get those X-Wing ships. Oh, no. A month. If it was for something like a Switch before you had one or a SNES Classic and he wouldn't wait in line, you'd feel the same way I feel right now. With those two things, there's a strong possibility that I might not get one for a long time. These ships will be released in a month. Yes. You're going to be fine. But I don't have them now. This is true. <sighs> Cut a cap, tell us. Patience. Shut up. <laughs> You're going to call Cap a liar. Carl and Drew. Yes. If you were to go to Gen Con, would you consider doing a live podcast at the con? Other than board gaming, what activities would you do at the con? Well, you know, if a friend asked me to grab him something, I'd you know, wait in line <laughs> for him. That's what friends do, Alan. I think that would be fun, actually, to go to a convention like that and do a podcast there and talk to people into, you know, in games yeah. and stuff, get some perspectives. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely be interested in doing that. The only weird thing about Gen Con is, like, it's it's like during the week. It's like on like a Wednesday. Yeah, it starts on and, Wednesday. Uh, as a working man, that's tough for me to, to do, yeah. unfortunately. My friend Adam and I are talking about going to Origins next year. And Origins is kind of like a smaller version of Gen Con that's in Columbus as opposed to Indianapolis. A little closer. Yeah, so yeah. not as bad a drive. Um, I would like to go to Indianapolis, though, even though the Midwest kind of frightens me. But Well, you know, <laughs> tornadoes and such. Yeah. 
Um, that and it's just kind of like Blandsville. Well, I mean, Alan was all about getting you beer. Uh, he was all about that. Hey, Drew, you want this beer? Hey, Drew, you want this beer? Hey, Drew, you want this beer? He was. At, I wanted one thing, but there was no line for the beer, and I had to turn. Unfortunately, as, as gracious as that is, Alan, and uh, as much as I would have loved it all. Unfortunately, these places didn't have cans or bottles, so like growlers were the only option. And unfortunately, a growler is probably going to kick in a two a day, two days tops, and then it's going to be flat. And then you know, I'd still drink it, but I wouldn't. I would not enjoy it nearly as much because carbonation is kind of key. Um, but what would I do besides besides game at Gen Con? Besides game, hmm. People watch and judge. <laughs> Like at I do Gen- at every convention. At Gen Con or outside Gen Con? Both. You're so harsh on your own people. I, uh, To be fair, I have been giving this much thought over the years. Oh, here we go. No, no. Just, I'm not a comic guy. I'm into I'm a lot of stuff. A I'm into a lot of stuff, and I don't identify with any one scene that, I'm, that I enjoy. That's fine. Metal... Comics, wrestling. No, no, I I like all of these disparate things, but I find the scenes attached to all of them are just, I I can't abide by them. To be fair, have you been to a gaming convention? I have not. Okay, then you don't know for certain. I don't know for You're certain. You're basing on comic conventions. And comic conventions, wrestling conventions, wrestling shows, heavy metal shows. Every scene's got its little clicky thing. And, and not for nothing, I don't, comic conventions have gotten a lot better. Have they? Yeah, they have. I guess. They're more pop cultural now, which attracts a wider array of people, but eh, I don't know. This is just me talking, though. This is how I feel about my own interests. Like, I like a lot of stuff, but I don't feel the strong fan connection to that stuff. Correct. Let me rephrase that. I feel the fan can as a I'm a fan of the thing, the scene around the thing. I just don't want to be bothered because I that's, there's too much baggage attached to all that. I like to kind of meander. I like to I like to you know I float in I float out. Lucky you're married or else you'd be living out in a desert hut like Obi Wan Kenobi. I'd be okay with that actually. No, I'd be fine with that. That's good. You know what Obi Wan didn't have to deal with other people. <laughs> Man, you call that exile? I call that heaven. <laughs> okay, Drew. <laughs> yes. If you were to compose the theme for Netflix's Castlevania Season 2, which team would you pick? Mm. Which theme would you pick? Man. Vampire Killer, Bloody Tears, The Tragic Prince, or Simon's Theme? These are all really, really good. Uh, the, 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 I mean... Wow. It's really hard, actually. I think I got to go with the, the, the one from Castlevania 2. Just because. I'm not sure the which one that is, but... Tragic Prince? Because he puts in parentheses, Sympathy of the Night. Um, Not that one. I love that one. Bloody Tears? Yes. That one. That one. I think yep. it's got to be that one. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I've heard numerous metal covers of that. And sure, it's always, sure. Always good. Uh, Tragic Prince is great, by the way. I mean, it's it's 
it, yeah. Oh, it's the pain of the night. Oh, <laughs> I love you so much. Anyway, but no, tra- uh, uh, Bloody Tears for sure. Um, yes, definitely. Castlevania's got such good music. Oh my god, it's 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 a shame. It's a tr- it's a it is a it it's tragic they didn't use any of that music in that show. But anyway. yeah, no, I would agree with that. Carl, instead of Duty Dice Day, would you have the Wrath of Carl Day, where there's oh. games to unleash your wrath on your friends with games like Cutthroat Caverns, Blood Rage, Rising Sun, Client Cash and Guns, etc. Well, Alan, I'll tell you. I would not necessarily unleash the wrath on all my friends, but I know someone who's probably going to catch a little wrath. They couldn't be bothered to stand in a line. Oh, come on now. To be, to be, I will be fair to Alan. I will be fair. There's two things I asked them for. I asked him for the guns and for higher expansion pack for yeah. Max Wing. That's what he didn't want to stand in a line for. And I also asked him for the new game from Red Raven Games, Klondike Rush. He did find that. He's like, I found it. It's 40 bucks, but it's like there's two other places I can go to where it's cheaper. So I was like, nah, never mind. Okay. But yet again, couldn't stand in a line. Or friend. <laughs> Alan's got a weird definition of friendship. I'm just saying. Wow. I would have stood in line for him. You know what? Friendship is important. Okay. Would you say friendship is magic? Not ours anymore. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Moving on. It's get, got cold in here. <laughs> got real cold in here. Okay. So we have a couple more questions. All right. Uh, from Mr. Chris Taylor. Sick. Dudes. On the last episode during a review, you mentioned Mysterio. Not of the 619 variety. <laughs> and although it seems somewhat more that the new Spider-Man franchise might be going with Scorpion next movie, do you think he'd be a logical choice as a cinematic Spider-Man villain? I enjoy the way they managed to pull the current MCU story into Vulture's origin. Do you think there's a way they could marry that into Mysterio's? Hmm. Please pass the Electronachos, Chris. Um, I, Mysterio is a weird one. Yeah. Because like, he's a B tier villain for a reason. I love the character, but I'll be the first to admit it would be really hard to make. It would have to be, well, I mean, like his origin is weird. It would be a smaller scale movie, which in a lot of ways, homecoming kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. As far when you look at like all the other stuff in the MCU, there was Homecoming no, was very small scale. There was no planet threatening. Right, right, right. Which was you know, refreshing as hell. Ring by the of way. energy crap in the sky. Exactly, exactly. Um. So in that sense, yeah, they could do him. I think there's some interesting tweaks you could do to him, make him work. But I just don't think the character is strong enough. I don't think. Yeah, I think as a his whole like special effects origin. How does that? In in comics, it kind of plays, especially yeah. for the '60s and the '70s when Mysterio was like you know a big deal. Uh, it, it, there was more movie magic to be had. Yeah. Nowadays, what like what is he like? He's just a guy in a mocap suit. And, I, and he, well, no, know, I've always like I've always said that like everything CGI to, now. So well, also when you think of it, like the technology and you know MCU that's available to the right people. Is, yeah. You know, a couple decades ahead. So sure. You know. 
I've always said that if he was going to do something like that, like augmented reality, uh, holograms, things like that, it's it's a couple steps within the realm of what they're kind of. I mean, you look at all the stuff that Stark interacts with. Sure. So you know, maybe, but same time, it's weird because like I don't think he's necessarily strong enough to be the main villain. Okay, but I also I was, think I was he's, just going to say that I also think he's too strong to be a B villain. He's um, not like a henchman villain. He's he, in this like weird. He could void, but they could. I, I I could see them using him in that kind of henchman assistant kind of role to a bigger bad. I don't think that would work very well, but that's just me. I mean. I don't know if, be, if it would be true to the character, because he's a little more maniacal, but if, if you're going to put Mysterio in a movie, that's probably the way that you get there to make him to make it work. Because I, I don't think he stands on his own as a big enough threat, given yeah. the, given his, his repertoire. Don't get me wrong, if they announced he was going to be in the next one, I'd be excited, because he is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Maybe if Sony gets around to putting in that, that Sinister Six movie together, he can be in there. Yeah, well, let's talk about something else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Chris, thank you very much. Our next series of questions comes from Mr. Tom Fenzel. All right. First off, your interview really wanted me to play X-Wing. I didn't have it. Did have the old PC game Star Wars Rebellion. Um, I think Tom might be a little confused on x-wing x-wing's not a video game per se tabletop game it's tabletop miniatures game but either there was or, an x-wing video that, game was there oh god yes yeah x-wing and tie fighter are two of the best star wars games i've ever played uh and actually they at gen con they announced a new wave of x-wing ships and the imperial ship is a ship that debuted in tie fighter that people playing x-wing have been begging for for years it's kind of like a assault shuttle. Okay. Think of like a think of the Imperial shuttle, shrink it down, make it just like a two man ship, throw a lot of guns on it. Sounds like a thing, something that the uh, Empire would do. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we definitely appreciate that, Tom. Glad you enjoyed the interview, Carl. Where do you find these new board games? Terraforming Mars sounds like fun too. Uh, Terraforming Mars is fun. I pro- I would definitely like to play it. A little bit more. Um, again, it could use a little more player interaction for my tastes, but I'm willing to give it a couple more goes. As far as in this area, where do you find board games? There's numerous places you can go to. Uh, David Adams Card World on Transit in Williamsville, or on Sheridan in Williamsville by the Eastern Hills Mall. has a great selection of tabletop games. Uh, Collectors Inn on Delaware has an amazing selection of tabletop games. Uh, Dragon Snack Games, uh, that's on Millersport Highway. Uh, Two Kings Gaming is good, but predominantly just for uh, miniatures gaming, like X-Wing or Warhammer 40K, stuff like that. And to a lesser extent, Barnes & Noble and Target are kind of throwing their head to the Yeah, Target's the board getting game a, quite a little selection. Ring. Barnes & Noble's actually got a, a... Like, they've got that good frontline big games everyone has but they're also kind of getting more and more a little deeper better selection deeper. i would say right now currently at least for like physical stores barnes and noble has a much better selection than target hmm. so yeah those are definitely places you can check out drew hi 
can we get a review on Splatoon 2? It's ah. a game I was looking into buying on Switch, but not sure. Um, I'll give you my snap judgment on Splatoon 2. Uh, it's great. It's a great game, super fun. Um, if you are... If you want a refreshing take on team-based shooters, Splatoon 2 is it for you. Like, it's not about kill-death ratio. It's not about gratuitous headshots and stuff. It's about territory. It's about control. It's about strategy. It's about play style. Um, and it's about fun. And it's just, it's very different and very refreshing in that way. Um, so it's a great game. It's, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I'm gonna throw a. I'm gonna dock it though a little bit, but this is this is this is for me. If you played Splatoon one, Splatoon two is not quite the revolution all over again. It's just a better version, refined, a refined version of the same game. So for me, I don't find myself quite as. Pl- I'm not playing two nearly as much as I played one because it kind of feels like well, it's Splatoon. Well, but you know- if you never played Splatoon. And you have a Switch, and you want to see what the hype is all about, Splatoon 2 is absolutely going to blow your mind. It's bursting with personality. It's easily Nintendo's, like, most successful new franchise that they've had in a long, long time. Uh, It's got tons of personality, lots of character, super fun aesthetic and music, and it's, 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 it's just very fun. And the game itself is just fantastic. Um... So yeah, that's my kind of take on Splatoon 2. It's it's a great game, and if you haven't played the first one, then, man, you're in for a treat, because it's, it's great. Yeah. Can't reinvent the wheel every time out. No. So sometimes you just got to refine it, polish it. They're doing a great job of that. I mean, they've really... The first one struck a chord with people, and the second one now, would be thanks to the success of the Switch, is reaching more people, and uh, it's taken off in a big way for Nintendo. So it's, it's good to see. Okay. They're adding to their... They're already deep bench. That indeed they are. Uh, Question for both. What are your opinions on video games no longer having good instruction booklets? When old Nintendo One showed enemies they would fight and a bit of backstory. I'm a big sucker for physical tactile stuff. Yes. So I miss instruction books and boxes and, and, you know, I miss cartridges. To me, a CD is not nearly as fun. Um, the big cart slamming in the system, like I get that click. Yeah, it's just satisfying, and instruction manuals especially. And I never, yet again, another reason why I never like Sega, black and white manuals. Pfft, nah, Nintendo always had color manuals, full color manuals. Black and white was just on Master System. Genesis had color manuals. Genesis had color covers, but the insides were all black and white. No, so no, well, not every one, but some of them. Had By and large, color they were mostly black and white. Nintendos were always in color, always. It was, did the you Nintendo have a Friends did. Tried to get me into it. Didn't like it. Never did. Never took to it. I had a second chance. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm not surprised. Feels like an <laughs> insult. <laughs> oh, Sega. Oh, Sega. You try so hard. Um, but yeah, I, 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 miss ma- I, I miss manuals. I miss packaging. I know, like, the new, the new, the new jewel cases, they have, like, the perforated uh, insides for less to use less material to save the environment and stuff like that. Yeah. I respect that. And I know that it's probably not worth for, for the majority of people. It's not worth printing a manual that no one's going to look at games have these whole tutorial levels and, and stuff. Yeah. I, I get it. I just like having packaging and, and I'm, I'm a sucker. Like I, my, I got 
one of my Nine Inch Nails EPs or LPs came this week, and I just like the record and the booklet. Like, wow, this is so. It's just holding it in your hand. It's I don't. I, I it's like I said last week about comics. I like the idea of going digital, but just having something in your hand that you can touch gives you a, a deeper connection. So yeah, I miss manuals. Yeah, I mean, I can I miss them for nostalgic reasons, but as far as practical applications, right, like you right. mentioned, I. I could. I'm fine that they're not there anymore. Uh, most games, like let's be honest, whoever got home with a Nintendo game, opened it up, read through the manual first, and then started playing. No, no, no you no, popped no. it in. You started playing. You learned everything you need to know, and then you looked at the manual. Usually, I'd have the manual when I first put it in. I'd have the manual next to me while I played, and then if I couldn't do something, I'd look in the manual because there might be a solution yeah. in there. Yeah. So I feel you though. And he closes out with, also, when playing a video game, do you listen to specific specific albums or just the regular game music? I used to play Diablo 1 on PlayStation 1, uh, listening to Godsmack uh, to the Godsmack album with my friend. Or playing Call of Duty, listening to Nirvana's Nevermind. Um, I think it's game dependent. Something like a first-person shooter or a fighting game, I can listen to music to. But, you know, other than that, I want to hear the the game sounds and whatnot for for everything they've done wrong one thing the original xbox did right was the custom soundtracks certain games that was a really nice touch um but yeah fighting games some first person shooters sure i can listen to it most of our games no i prefer the end game music by and large especially if a game has a good soundtrack not all do but i find unless it was like the xbox situation where i could change the background music but keep all the sound effects and stuff yeah i find uh i find music distracting to the to the game i'm playing i like to i like to kind of be immersed in the game so yep but yeah anyway cool tom thank you very much for your questions everyone thank you for your questions we definitely appreciate them all right that brings cross-examination to a close now we gotta get in some news by the looks of my co-hosts, good thing there's not that much news to go through this week. He's fading fast, folks. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, currently going on right now in Germany is GamesCon. Are you familiar with GamesCon? So many cons. No, I'm not. Uh, it sounds familiar, but is it a video it's game like, convention? It's like E3. But Germany? Before they let the fans in. It's like So it's still a pure developer and press event. Yeah. Okay. Um, and some some trailers have been released. Oh, uh, you can kind of largely you're not going to care about most of this. <laughs> um, so we got new trailers for both Dragon Ball Z Fighters and Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. I watched them both today. Okay, let me tell you something. Yes, watching the Dragon Ball Z trailer and then watching the Marvel trailer is like going from riding the most insane, crazy, fun roller coaster you've ever been on in your life to riding the old-timey cars of Fantasy Island. Man. So, would you say Capcom is really dropping the ball here? I don't... Like, what What did they expect? What, what, what are they trying to do? Here's, Everyone seems to not like this game. Well, let's give Capcom some credit. The visual complaints from previous builds of the game have They're been, slowly by and large, them. addressed. Chun-Li's face, Chun-Li's Dante's face. face, things like that. The Cap, graphics... Cap looks terrible. 
the yeah cap still looks bad the graphics seem a little more polished but again the art style is just very bland it's very it it doesn't really have a personality it looks like the art style you would put on a box for a product of like an action figure it's like product art um the the roster is drawing the brunt of the criticism because it's basically typically when a a sequel fighting game comes out you usually want to do kind of like 50 50 50 returning 50 percent returning characters 50 percent new characters okay uh marvel vs. capcom infinite is like 80 20 80% 80% returning characters and 20% new characters. Um, so it's, and like we just, dis- like we discussed earlier in the week, like you're like, what's wrong with the roster? I'm just like, it's kind of, here's a better roster. And you're like, you, okay. you did, you, you spit some fire with that roster. I was like, ah, that would be kind of, cool. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's just, so given all that, and then you've got like Dragon Ball Z, which is, because Capcom is trying to make Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite uh, user-friendly to new players. Okay. So it's lacking. Like, it's not three versus three. It's two versus two. They've taken out, like, the assists and a lot of the stuff that uh, contributed to the high-level play of previous Marvel vs. Capcom games. Dragon Ball Z has all that. On top of an incredible art style, incredible animation... Uh, characters people know and love with a roster that so far every edition has been welcomed. So given that is Marvel versus Capcom infinite going to flop? I don't got some bad buzz. I feel like it's going to come out and it's going to be kind of like, meh. I don't think it's going to be an abject failure. Per se, but I don't think it's going to be the success they're building up to be, and I think they're starting to realize that too. Um, I really, I'm not crazy about. I don't mind DLC. I hate when you say, "Okay, we've got DLC coming like within a reasonable time frame after the release." Like if it's something that if you just push back the release a little bit, that you could just put on the disc. I'd rather you do that. If it's not already on the disc, yeah, exactly. Like they, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times it's already on the disc, but um, so they're advertising like DLC. You know, Venom, Black Panther, uh, Winter Soldier are going to be like. I think they're the first wave DLC characters, but they haven't given us anything to get really excited over. Like right now, there's I'm not seeing a huge reason for me to buy this game, and you know me and fighting games yeah. especially capcom fighting games that's your bread and butter um, i i love them but right now like my money is going towards dragon ball right. it just looks insanely more fun all right so yeah so those two trailers were released we also got a first look at the uh um space battles in star wars battlefront 2 and oh drew huh Carl likey, Carl wants now. Okay, the it's freaking amazing. Like, are you are you at all worried about this game being uh, 
uh, what's the term I was looking for? Is it being a little too ambitious? Um, is, are you worried about a little jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of gameplay, or does it... I'm not, because every pretty much every complaint that people had with the first Battlefront last year is being addressed. Okay. Chief complaint was no single-player mode. There's a single-player mode. Okay. Chief complaint, our chief complaint was the price of and sporadic release of DLC. DLC is coming. It's going to be free. Um, with the with the space battles in Battlefront, one of the complaints was lack of ship variety. Like with the Rebels, you had the X-Wing and the A-Wing, and you could, if you found like an item on a board, you could take over uh, the Millennium Falcon. With uh, the Imperials, you had the the tie fighter and tie interceptor you found something you could get slave one okay that was all well and good but again lack of variety you couldn't upgrade the ships at all the way you could upgrade like the troops and whatnot you could do all that in this one ah. there's a much bigger variety of ships they've they showed off like um the stage that they showed off was a space battle and imperial shipyards where you're trying to get to a point where you can blow up a Star Destroyer that's nearing completion of its construction. And just like they showed off, you know, there's for the Rebels, there's the X-Wing, the A-Wing, the Y-Wing, uh, the, you know, the William Falcon's a hero ship, Poe Dameron's a hero ship. Uh, for the Imperials, you have TIE Fighter, TIE Interceptor, TIE Bomber, which looks crazy strong. And the hero ship they showed off for the Imperials was Darth Maul and the uh, the Sith Infiltrator, the Scimitar, which okay. I always thought, you know, problems with uh, Phantom Menace aside, that was a cool-looking ship. Um, you, you look like you're trying to remember what it looked like. This is a prequel ship? Yeah, from episode one. Ugh. It's like the ball kind of had the tie interceptor wings with a long nose on it. I'll show you afterwards. Yeah, I'm not, so, but don't know what you're it just, about. The <laughs> gameplay just looks incredibly fun. And the graphics are fantastic. Uh, it, it's just, I'm really excited about this game. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. so that was Make all. that the, Star Wars experience that much deeper. Yes. Uh, so that was the stuff that happened the past couple days from GamesCon. Uh, moving on to stuff that happened earlier in the week, starting with the announcement. Uh, that a lot of us pretty much predicted, but the, well, we predicted it was going to be one of two things. The next Star Wars legacy film. This hasn't been announced yet. Well, it's all, but the reports are, yeah, yeah. is said to be, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Uh, the, uh, the Vegas odds makers were setting this at either Obi-Wan Kenobi or Boba Fett film. Um, I'm, I'm happy with this news. You know, I'm, the two Star Wars movies we've had since Disney took over have been fantastic. They've revitalized the franchise. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's a character that, you know, Ewan McGregor, his performance was so great in the prequels. It's just like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, what are you doing in these really bad movies? He, he tried. He did, No, he, he nailed Kenobi. He, he had the accent. <laughs> his, his performance was good. He was just a... Good I, character and bad movies. I could tell he cared. I'll, I'll give. I'll give him that. <laughs> if I'd only like George, to see. If only George cared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, I'm hoping that he will come back. Be cast. Yeah. 
as Kenobi. Um, if they don't do like a story set in between episodes three and four, I would actually want them to go way back and show me like young, young Obi-Wan Kenobi, maybe starting out as training, maybe bring Liam Neeson back as Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, so, yeah, I don't know I, about all I, that. I know you're not uh, big on this news. Well, it's very, it was predictable and it's fine. You and McGregor coming back makes sense. Which has not been confirmed. But no, this, but, but it's yeah. assumed. But yeah. we, I mean, if you're going to do it, I have to assume. I you, mean, you recorded lines for Force Awakens. Yeah. And, if, you're, if, if that's the plan, I have to assume that they have him on yeah. board. I mean, otherwise, don't do it. Uh, I don't. It's, it's, you know, it's more prequel stuff. And I don't. I want this franchise to move forward. I think what's happening to me is I am getting Star Wars fatigue. It's it's happening. It started. It's I I kind of was fighting it, but it's starting to get me. I don't know when it happened exactly, but it's happened in the last like six months or so. I've just started to feel like this. Oh yeah, we we are getting a movie a year, aren't we? We've only had two movies at this point. I know, but they were in back to back years and. TIE Fighters and X-Wings and Death Stars and the Falcon. It's, it's like, yeah, I, I like all that stuff, but I can't miss you if you don't go away. So is this kind of like we've had this kind of running discussion the past couple episodes of order of priority of passions? Because like you don't seem to have this fatigue with the Marvel stuff where we're getting two movies a year and we're now getting like two Netflix shows a year. So I think is, we talked about so this a little Marvel bit. So is Marvel just kind of higher on the priority passion Star um, Wars is? I think Marvel does a better job of of shielding itself, no pun intended, Marvel, uh, because the, the, the franchises are... There's so many characters in different movies. So, like, Ant-Man is not Civil War, and, like, Civil War isn't Spider-Man, you know? Like, they're different movies. So, I... They're a little more resistant to, like, okay... More of this. Star Wars, by all... I mean, and and, and Disney... Let me clarify what I mean, what I'm, what I'm about to say. I, I appreciate them for doing this, and I know why they did it. Disney is using basically all original trilogy kind of nostalgia to fuel all this stuff, which is smart. They're avoiding the prequels as yeah. best they can because they know there's no real equity in the visuals or... You know, there's nothing iconic in those movies in, not, the, in the prequels. Not to us, because we are original trilogy fans. There's a whole generation of Star Wars fans that the prequel trilogy is their original trilogy. Disney has spreadsheets. They have a team of analysts <laughs> and merchandisers merchandise. that, that merchandise. know that that stuff ain't selling tchotchkes Cause period because you can still buy the original stuff for dirt cheap. Nah, there's no there's no there there so they're gonna they're gonna do all the original trilogy stuff which is why star killer base is the death star which is why x-wings which is why tie fighters which is why force awakens is kind of you know but it had to do that and i'm glad it did kind of yeah, got to reestablish right made everyone feel warm and fuzzy but then we get rogue one which while a fine movie again, is steeped in that stuff. 
Stuff you know. Look at it. Here's the walker. Remember the walker? Yes, I do remember the walker. Yeah, but that's... I mean, I don't think they're I'm doing just, that for... My it's, point being, it's though... It's a military vehicle, sir. It's not just going to show up in one location. Justify it how you got to justify it. I'm just saying that they are... And again, I I know and I understand that I, I agree with their reasoning. But for me, two years straight of just like, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I'm I'm starting it's starting to I'm starting to feel it a little bit and it's like yep I might need a break you might want to take a little breather so here's the thing Last Jedi hasn't come out yet I'm hopeful that it propels the the franchise forward with some new ideas and doubles down on new characters instead of relying on you know because Han's gone now spoilers Leia will be gone sad spoilers one form or another um so you know they have and and ray and finn and poe we like them and they're new let's okay let's like give them they shared the stage now let's give them the main stage you know what i mean and all this talk now that like last jedi might be a uh, an empire strikes back redo i hope that's not true i really hope that's not true i hope they figured out their own story and they're going to take it in their own direction i want to see things kind of move forward a little bit and this Han Solo movie, again, here we go, looking back, Millennium Falcon, and there's Lando, and, you know, and then not to mention all the drama behind the scenes, it doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies. I'm glad that, you know, if there was a problem, I'm glad Disney might have, like, realized, like, oh boy, we got to get this, this, this yeah. horse back on the track. Good. I hope you do. But again, you're doubling down, you're, you're, you're feeding me stuff that we know. You're giving me the warm, fuzzy nostalgia, and I might be a little... My belly's a little full of the nostalgia right now. So here's how, here's how, here's how they could fix it. Number one, uh, uh, Last Jedi, go to new places. Show me new stuff. Cool. Obi-Wan movie. So I'm a little, eh, because, again, we're going to go back. Do something completely different. Now it's Star Wars. I know they feel that it's got to be a certain way, hence why they got rid of the the directors on Han Solo because those guys apparently were delivering a different product than Disney wanted. But make if you're going to make the the Obi Wan movie, let's buck the Star Wars trend a little bit. And like this is a, this is going to oh, I can't I'm going to say this because it's going to like it's going to sound so predictable. It's so Hollywood when something does well. But you know what they should do. They should make the Obi-Wan movie like Logan. Singular character focus, small scale, small stakes, minimal locations. Okay. Like an yeah. o- like an Obi-Wan Western. So you really don't want him leaving Tatooine? No. Set it on Tatooine, have him get involved in some local skirmishes. He's got to take on some crime bosses. He has some cantina scenes. He's kind of a mysterious gunslinger slash you know whatever keep it small and real character focus though you know give it some depth yeah do that and i might just show me something different that i haven't seen before and i think that would be an interesting take an interesting play with it because that i'm not gonna you know rely on x-wings and tie fighters and you know hyperspace and and stuff these are things that are part of this world they're not I mean, that's I fine. If marshmallows if, are part of Lucky Charms, but if I can't I'm eat it every day, see, if I'm going to see a Star Wars film, 
I want to see X-Wings and TIE Fighters. And I think you can use those as not a main focus, but just part of the backdrop, especially like they did in Rogue One. I mean, yeah, yes, we both agree that Force Awakens is kind of beat for beat, remaking Star Wars and against what they needed to do but it's to a good, well done the one. brand. Yeah. Rogue One is unlike any Star Wars story that's been told leading up to it. And it was really good. We both really enjoyed that movie. I've only watched it the once and I, I'm scared to watch it again. Yeah, that makes no logical sense to me whatsoever. But because of aside, this creeping feeling. I I think I'm I'm going to say this. I'm not saying it's like take a dig or antagonize an argument or anything. I think you really love the original three movies, but you're not crazy about the world. Whereas with Marvel, I think you love the world and the movies just facilitate that world. I'm not exactly sure what you mean. I think if all Star Wars today stopped, if all you ever had was Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi, you'd be perfectly happy. I would be, yes. See, you don't there and it's I think it's a love for three movies, not love for the world. I have a love for the world. I've gone through 20 plus years of either crap Star Wars or no Star Wars. Mm. And now I'm getting I'm getting two movies that have been fantastic. I'm getting a freaking amusement park that's going to allow me to walk onto the Millennium Falcon and sit in Han Solo's seat. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting uh, games that are higher quality than they've ever been before. I'm getting an expanded world and stories that I never knew that I wanted until they give them to me. I'm okay with all this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with where I think you are on. I just think that's where you are on it. My guard is up. You know what it's like to me? It's kind of like before they before this all happened with Disney revitalizing Star Wars the way they have, it's like I'm a kid and someone says like, we're going to eat all the pizza in the world. And you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> and then you get like five slices in. And you're just like, this is a terrible idea. I'm so full. I don't want any more pizza for a while. I'm kind of like that right now with Star Wars. Which is funny because like with Marvel, they're like, yes, you're going to eat all the pizza in the world. When you can't eat anymore, we're going to shove it in every orifice we can. I disagree. I, I Again, I think Marvel's doing a good job of keeping it diverse and expanding and taking steps. And after Infinity War, I got a feeling they're going to take a big step. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly, but... And that and Marvel is still relatively new. Star Wars has had 40 years to kind of take hold and what are they doing? They're still feeding you the 40-year-old visual and story tropes. And again, like, where's the new? Let's let's branch out a little bit. A little bit. Mm. That's, that's like just me. I'm getting fatigued. If these movies were coming out every two, three, every two to three years, it'd be a little different. Because again, like I said, I can't miss you if you don't go away. Well, Star Wars is kind of an omnipresent since it's, since it's since Force Awakens, and, so it, and it shows Marvel's no sign of been going omnipresent away. since two thousand eight. Again, diversity though. I'm not getting a Thor movie every year. I'm getting a Thor movie every three years. I'm getting a cat movie every three years. I'm getting an Iron Man movie every three years. Then we get the big shebang with Avengers every three to five. I mean, it, there's 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 just more diversity to it. To keep it fresh. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying in some ways, but again, I think it's just you love the Marvel world. You like the original Star Wars movies. Not so much love for the world. 
I, I guess. I don't know. I, I suppose so. Okay. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Just having fun conversation. Okay. We'll be over here having fun with my lightsaber. You you do that. I'm a little I'm 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 good. Okay, so last last story we have for this week, most show relevant. Uh we got our first teaser for the Punisher ah, earlier in the week. Yes we did. I will let you go. Uh, Is you are much more Punisher centric than I am. It's a teaser, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I yeah, mean, it, it wasn't a ton there. It's it's John Bernthal, and it sets the tone. They they could have did and a better. Tone is what we were definitely hoping for. They they could have did a better job with the skull reveal when he walks away with the floor. It's like yeah, could you have. just want everything handed to you, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to like. You don't want to have to search for anything. You just want everything. Hand- Unless it's a Zelda game, you want everything just explained to you, nice and easy, don't you? No, no, no. I thought I'm saying the way they did the skull with the sledgehammer, and he walks away, and it looked fake. It looked cheap. Like they could have maybe instead of doing the computer thing, actually have some guys go out there with some hammers and. and, do, and- <laughs> Are you saying you cannot make a Punisher skull with a sledgehammer in your driveway? Ah. <laughs> uh, Concrete's expensive, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but Marvel's got the money; they can Concrete do a better job. It is expensive. It is. Oh my god! But uh, no, it looks cool. I mean, it, it sets the tone. I'm curious to see. Uh, I've actually been thinking a lot about it. Um, I wa- what is it going to be? What's it going to look like? How are they going to keep Frank interesting as a protagonist? Who is like, you know, his more he's he is not a relatable person, man. Like he is a grim figure. With few redeeming qualities. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very curious how they're going to portray that in a show and do it successfully to keep viewer interest. Because um, what works in comics not, might not necessarily work in a show about the guy. Um, yeah. What works on a page. Especially over 13 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I'm just, I've, just been, I've just been giving it a lot of thought. Like, how are they, they going to do it? I want it to be cool because he's a great character. I love The Punisher. So... Yeah, I'm excited. Bring it on. I guess it is the next. It's coming soon, like November, allegedly. They still haven't said. But. Yeah, if they follow their their kind of release schedule that they've established, November, March. All right. Netflix shows. That means in March, I believe uh, Jessica Jones season two will be coming out. Probably. All right. That's the one I know. They're I, filming now. I know Jessica Jones is filming now. I think Luke Cage is also filming now. Oh, okay. Bring on so, Luke. Yeah. And then after that, Daredevil season three, and then Iron Fist season two, <laughs> with a new showrunner. With a new showrunner, I will say there is this. hope. No spoilers, okay? Defenders is to Iron Fist what Wonder Woman was to the DC Cinematic Universe. Kind of redeems it a little bit. Doesn't one hundred percent fix it. Definitely stops the bleeding and makes it a lot better. Okay, all right, yeah, I'll take that. Did you crush Defenders? Oh, yeah. I'm done. Oh, you animal. Okay. All right. I, we did two episodes a night. You beast. Okay. It's only eight episodes. I know. I know. I know. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. So that being said, for the first time in a, in a long time, it is time to rustle them. You're not rustling papers. Um, Rust- I, I, I'm rustling my phone. What'd you do? I took notes on the phone this time. Man, you I was get, on my couch. You, you get sick. You just go. You, you get sick. You don't like Star Wars anymore. <laughs> you don't take notes on paper. 
I'm saving trees, Jeez. man. <laughs> Get better, man. Take some NyQuil night or something. I told Jeez. you, it's no good for me. I don't care. Mix it with Sudafed. Rub it on your gums. I don't care. All right. So before we get into the review, I just want to share, having completed, uh, not no spoilers, um, overall, I think Defender Series, a lot of fun. Not perfect, lots of fun. Okay. Um, the eight episodes uh, format, fantastic. I almost want them to do that for all the shows. So to avoid that mid-season slump? Kind of. Okay. Because, and it also, it treats it, it feels more like a comic book story arc that way, too. Because you don't really have time for a lot of fluff. There's some fluff in there, and it's good fluff. (laughs) But a lot of the fluff that happened uh, with, like, mid-season Luke Cage. See, look. Notes. See? My phone. See? I... so it was it was really good, really enjoyable. Um, there are a couple things they did that are kind of becoming tropes, not just in the not so much as far as just the Netflix shows, but as superhero film show mm. genre as a whole. A um, couple things that I was kind of like, eh, were you gonna explain this somehow? But overall, it's good. Okay. It's it's really good. Well, we're going to um, talk about these really things. Really enjoyable. Yes. All right. Starting so, off with the first episode. Starting off with the first episode of Defenders. Episode one, the H word. All right. So, Drew, I'm, I'm curious. What are your first impressions of this show? I got a lot of warm and fuzzies watching this episode. Oh, you have no idea the warm and fuzzies that are coming in the next two episodes. Okay. Especially. All right. All right. Uh, just overall, um... I don't know what it is, but even like when I, I said when I watched the trailer, even just seeing Danny Rand, who I think is an insufferable, I, I hate him so much in the show, but but in the trailer I saw him talking to Luke Cage, and I'm like, wow, Luke Cage and Danny Rand are talking to each other, and I got the worm and fuzzies. I don't know why, I just did. Yeah. So now I'm watching this show, which is a new Marvel show, and every time someone cool that I liked from another show came on screen, I'm like, all right, cool. This is this is happening now. Like I, I was just taken in. I don't know yeah. why. I just I just was. So my overall impression was like, all right, I'm I'm liking this. Like when Luke comes back, I'm like, Luke, I, I get that I like Mark out. Just yeah. from seeing him on screen. I know he's in the it, show, but yeah. he, he shows up and was like, All right, Luke, Luke's it, here. It, it feels like a world now. Yeah. It's, it's a complete world. And one thing I noticed that they did um each series, Daredevil Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, had a specific color palette to it. Yes. And they maintain yep. that um, in this episode when yeah. the yeah. individual characters are on screen. And I thought that was really cool that they did that because it kind of just like re-familiarizes you with the individual worlds that these characters, their own worlds that are now kind of all colliding together. Yeah. Um, but we get an opening scene in Cambodia, Sewer Fight. Sewer fight. Spoilers. It's Danny. It's Danny. And He's Colleen. doing stuff. And Colleen. It's Bart. He's doing stuff. So having not finished uh, 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 Defend, or having not finished Iron Fist, I guess... Do you want me to just tell you what happens at the sure. end? Sure. Okay. So Danny and Colleen go to Kunlun 
or yeah. at least they think they're going to go to Kunlun. Okay. And he gets to Kunlun, and the doors close, and then you can tell that everyone's dead. The hand has apparently attacked Kunlun. Okay, so that there is spoilers. There is a flashback or a, a, a vision that Danny has in Defenders yes. in this episode yeah, and it, of during, that. when they're flying back to New York. Yes, that's kind of like what happened. Like and, you don't see it, but like they just they show up at Kunlun and like or at least the doorway to Kunlun and like the guard the person who would guard the doorway is dead and everything. So yeah, the hand. Oh, okay. The hand called Kunlun. I, I man, I hope. I hope some of the choice characters from Cunlan survive. <laughs> Fat Cobra. Fat, where are you at? Fat Cobra, man. And the Thunderer and, and just, you know. Anyway. Yeah. So there's a, there's a fight in the sewers. There's a dude with a sword fighting uh, another person cloaked with two smaller swords. I mean, clearly, you know, if you've watched any trailers going into it, you kind of know that that's Electra. Yes. And Electra is back from the dead. Um, but she's not, air finger quotes, Electra. No, she seems to be a little confused about her purpose. Yeah. And, and we've discussed this in, in the comics. When you are killed by the hand, they have the ability to bring you back and put you into their service. So, question about that. Yeah. Based on what I do know about Iron Fist, and I don't, if this is all going to come, yeah. Okay, so no spoilers, all right? Yeah. Electra is all like, in the service of the hand now, right? Sort of brainwashed, if you will, or at least yep. c- confused about her role or whatever. So what was up with, with stupid uh, uh, rich dad in Iron Fist who came, who came back? Meacham? Meacham was kind of... They brought him back, and he was normal. Like He wasn't a, a hand lackey. He was like in hiding for the betterment of his kids and stuff, but like... He he wasn't I, like I would say it's not a good explanation, but I would just say that maybe they have the ability to like I don't know, maybe there's different ways of bringing you back. All right. So again, it's not a good explanation, but it's what we have. Yeah, there is going to be. I think what you're going to notice in um this series is that there's a lot of little plot holes Uh-oh. that never quite get plugged up. But you're okay with because a you're having a great time, and b it's a it's a comic book. Ah, uh, we can't fall back on that, man. This, I, no, no, the, I mean the bar is too high the, for that. The world, the world that these characters are occupying on the screen is is most times off the page from what the world they occupied in the in the comic book. So All right. Sometimes there's little things that you know, and not for nothing. Dang it! There we go. That is our favorite phrase. There's. <laughs> <laughs> There's some stuff from the past series that gets resolved. Again, those little things okay. that weren't resolved in the series that gets resolved here. Okay. All right. So I guess I'll know when I get there. Yeah. But let's say let's stay focused on this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um so we get the sewer fight. Yep. We see Electra, she flees. Danny realizes he's gotta go home, right? Danny iron fisted her. Wow. Um, wow. Dude, he hit her with the iron fist. What where's he did. your mind going? He, he, nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. But they did find that other guy alive and he says the battle's in New York. Yeah, the bat- the war you want to fight is in New York. Isn't that so. convenient? So Marvel. Everything's in New York. Yeah. Anyway. Well, when I almost said it again. When you think about it, as far as the films go, none of them have been really New York centric. New York centric. Avengers. 
it ended in New York, Battle, but it Battle didn't. New York. Yeah, that's the last like half an hour of the movie, but the movie leading up to that was all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's true. True. Like when you, you really think yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you got me. You got me. That's true. Like Iron Man, that was all in California. Yeah, true. Uh, Thor, Asgard, Asgard, and then Arizona or wherever Arizona, the hell they were. Uh, Cap. Well, the flashback scenes in Cap, and he was in you know New York. Yeah. But it was, it was by no means New York-centric. No. No, you're right. He was a little more globetrotting. Like, really, the only one that's been New York-centric has been... Avengers. I wouldn't even say Avengers. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. And that's not even New York City proper-centric. True. You're right. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so they're going back to New York. Yes. Cut to Jessica and... Good old Jessica Jones. Patsy Walker. Hellcat. Yeah. Jessica Question. Jones towing service, or yeah. detowing services, you Is will. Patsy ever going to suit up? I doubt it. Oh, man. I would, don't get me wrong. I would love to see it. I doubt it. All right. Let's, let's get Danny in the suit first. Yeah. Worry about, yeah, definitely. Don't worry about Patsy. So then we cut to Luke. Yeah, we're kind of catching up with everyone. Yeah, the, the show is kind here. of the big catch up here. So Luke's Actually, the first the first half hour of the show is kind of like that first page of a Marvel comic. Where they kind of catch you up on everything that's happened. A little prior. bit. A little bit. So, yeah. So, Luke's getting out of jail. Okay, without spoiling the rest of the series for me, do they okay. explain how he gets out of jail? Uh, the dogs seem to think they do. No. Okay, so he just goes. Just that. Well, you got to remember, they had the. Fi- Bobby Fish found the file at the end of Luke Cage, the file that proved his innocence. But do we even know what he was. Th- okay, that, that was my question with Luke Cage. When we, you know the, yeah. the the series. Yeah. Why was he in jail to begin with? And he escapes from prison, has to go back. Now we're in defenders. He's getting out. Yeah. How? Uh, well, it's the as we see, Foggy's there. Uh, the we go going back to Foggy's new firm. Foggy's new firm, uh, Hogarth's firm from that we met from Jessica Jones. Yeah, they are kind of taking an interest in people with abilities ah. cases. So they're probably working for Luke Cage, understanding who he really is. Gotcha. What he was really doing. So they're probably like you've got high powered lawyers. Okay, working on this guy's case. Um, so they found a way and they got yeah, him out. I think as far as like the contents of the file and th- stuff that happens in his past, you know, they don't touch on it mm. in this series, but you know, Luke Cage season two. Okay. Let's uh Foggy got a haircut too, by the way. Yeah, Foggy's really cleaned up. I don't know if I like this. Yeah, this is kinda like Wall Street Foggy. Yeah. He's got creepy. the Gordon Gecko slick back <laughs> hair and just Yeah, I'm not sure if I like it or not. <laughs> People call me Foggy. And you let them? Yeah, that is a good <laughs> that line. It was, was a good little exchange between uh, Luke and Foggy. Now, Matt. Now we find Matt. Matt's kicking butt in court. Yeah, Matt is still a really good lawyer. Well, but better, apparently, better lawyer than he was. Apparently, and we get into this later in the episode, Matt is not Daredevil anymore. No. Which brings us to one of those tropes I was talking about earlier, which is kind of starting to become more popular the hero renouncing the, hero the role having a defeat electra dying yes and then renouncing the role yep when seen it, seen it with spidey seen it with daredevil spidey batman daredevil just it's like okay if he if he quits being daredevil You've kind of undone everything you did to develop him in the first two seasons for his dedication to being daredevil yeah like I especially get, season two, especially was focused on him like 
finally realizing like this is part of my life. Yeah. This is my this is who I am. Yeah, like I get that losing Electra is a big blow, but you know, when he lost Electra in the comics, he didn't sit around nah, he's, know, moping. He's for Daredevil. Once he went back out and got back at it. So, yeah, and I, I don't... One of the things I didn't like um, in this episode, and it kind of shows up in other episodes, I'm only mentioning because they did it a lot in this episode, so it's not a big surprise, how Karen and Foggy kind of treat Matt's life as Daredevil as like a bad addiction that they're trying to help him overcome. Almost like he's in AA or whatnot. Well, I mean, that's not... Given... given the effect it's had on their lives, I can see that, though. That makes sense. He's he's put them in danger, either, you know, not not through... Yeah, not directly, not but directly, because of but his because life. because yeah. of his life, and, you know, they're caring for him and saying, like, you know, you're, you're gonna get yourself... It is kind of like an addiction. It is kind of like, you know, being friends with someone with a, 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 a very bad habit. And they want to help him. So... I don't know. That's that's not the worst thing in the world. I can see it makes sense in the context of the I show. Think, I think their motives are good, but I think I'm not crazy about Matt's reaction to it. I guess like you'll see it in later episodes. Okay, I'll keep an eye um, on that. So Matt gives like some life lessons to the kid in the wheelchair, and we see yeah. that he is for despite everything that's happened, he is still Matt Murdock. Sure, he's still the character we've we've known love. He's just like just a little, just a little part missing, a little part with horns missing. Now we're introduced to Sigourney Weaver. Yes. So she's like, I, I don't know anything about her so far. No, you will learn. You'll some learn. kind of rich socialite. And uh, she's dying. And she dresses Stormtrooper chic. Sure. Um, now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. She's dying. The hand are known to bring people back from the dead. Could there be a connection? Like, how much do you want me to tell you? I'm going to watch the show. I'll find out. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just saying, having watching the episode, like, I wonder where this is going to go. Yeah. Okay. Especially since later on, spoilers, we see her sitting with Madame Gao. Yes. And kind of, kind of giving orders to Madame Gao. Yes. Okay. That's kind of interesting, given what we know about Madame Gao. Madame Gao is one of the highlights, not only of of this series, but I think of any series that she's appeared in so far. She's a really great villain character. And I'm I enjoy every time we get to see her. Well, I'm curious to see what's what's this uh relationship here. What's the connection? All right. Um, so moving moving forward. Uh Jessica is getting weird phone calls. Well at first she's approached case. for help on a case. Right. And it's nothing she hasn't heard before. She thinks it's a very simple answer. Your husband's cheating on you. Yeah. <coughs> then the phone call. Don't yeah. take that case in a disguised yeah. voice. Well, usually when that happens, that means someone doesn't want you to take the case. There's more to it than you think. Stay away. And I think and it's, Jess can't resist. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see um Jessica is trying to hold on to the person that she's been the person that we kind of got to know in the first season of Jessica Jones. Okay. Whereas we see through Patsy, like what she did is known and, you know, it's kind of big knowledge that Kilgrave is who he was. Right. What he, what he was able to do was for real. 
and like she's getting offers to tell her story and whatnot, but she's just she doesn't want that. She just wants to be left alone and be normal with her whiskey. <laughs> yeah. She's a very functional alcoholic, I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah, she uh <laughs> if not for her enhanced abilities. Is that what they're explaining it? Why she doesn't get all tore up all day? I, they don't say it in the show, but I mean you gotta enhance strength and just kind of transferred to because she drinks a lot she does um claire and luke have coffee yes <laughs> claire and luke have coffee and, luke and then we have like conversation <laughs> <laughs> uh luke wants to know about harlem misty shows up misty shows up misty and once again i watch the show I'm like misty's here all right cool dude everybody's here but it's it's it, it's it's very cool Bringing everybody together. Um, so, yeah, Luke. I, this part I was kind of perplexed at because in the season of Luke Cage, Claire is trying to get Luke to help people. Yes. With his ability. Yes. And in this episode, we see she's kind of like, maybe not so much you do that anymore. Maybe you do it in different ways. She's kind of like steering him away from the hero life more or less well seeing as she also saw him get nearly killed and had to take a bath in acid to fix himself and things like that and the big battle with uh diamondback that kind of wrecked a lot of a good portion of harlem yeah you know maybe she just helped people but maybe not so much with the with the violent theater fights and, yeah. and whatnot and misty's kind of t- kind of taking a, not the exact same route but a very similar route like she doesn't so so much like luke's asking what's mariah doing what shade's doing you know what's going yeah. on in harlem and even misty's like you know we want you to help but not in the way you're thinking we want, like there's this kid who suffered some loss here and could use some guidance yeah i did find i actually i mean now you bring that up i did find it a little I don't want to say disingenuous, but it was a little jarring to see Misty, especially like I'm not really in Harlem anymore. My now she's like overseeing like the whole city. She's part of yeah. like a special task force. It felt a little weird to like these characters that were really built on loving Harlem and being steeped in it and wanting to defend it are now like, oh yeah, I, I went away now i'm big it's, well i mean misty even still says that you know even though this is going on harlem is still home yeah yeah, yeah. um and i think like you can't begrudge someone career advancement no no i know i just it was just a little jarring to me because like you said with claire and now misty that like their characters seem a little different yeah but a little bit i mean characters grow they change true um i don't think well we got uh we got Matt and karen reconnecting over coffee and we see that, they, well, not not the Luke Cage style coffee, but you know, actual coffee in uh-huh. a cup, liquid. Oh, hot, right, hot right. brewed beans. Right. Sorry. Um, and I guess the uh, the reveal. This is. I kind of hope episode one of Daredevil season three kind of picks up right where season two left off, and we see how the reveal went. But from if all indications from this meeting, uh, the reveal did not go smoothly. No. No, apparently not. Because Karen is, again, like we mentioned earlier, she's kind of, she doesn't seem certain on the Daredevil 
persona. Whereas Foggy is dead set against Matt being Daredevil. And it's kind of weird. And Karen has kind of a different perspective because Daredevil saved her life on more than one occasion. Right. So she has seen firsthand the good that Daredevil can do. But finding out that it's Matt now suddenly complicates things. Yeah. Because not only is there romantic feelings there, but there's also like you don't want to see your friend get killed. Yeah. It's it's a little contradictory in a way. Like you were all about Daredevil before. Yeah. Now it's someone you know, and now you're going to be kind of like, don't do it anymore. And even in this meeting, she's saying, hey, Daredevil did good. The crime rates are down, so on and so forth. Sure. So it's a little confusing. Yeah. So I kind of hope we could see how that moment after the reveal went. And Matt, you know, has to relay... Uh, he's he's grieving still and that's why he is no longer doing the good work yeah um so luke is doing some investigating into that yeah apparently kids around harlem are getting uh conned into employment that is less than reputable yeah and they're ending up dead yes so luke wants to get to the bottom of that but he stops off the uh the last Go back to Luke Cage. Uh, if you remember Luke Cage season one, Candace, who originally was testifying against Luke, saying Luke killed Cottonmouth. Right. And then was going to testify for Luke, and then Shades put a bullet in her head. So the this kid that Misty points out to Luke is Candace's brother, and his other brother is the one that was killed. Yes. So right now there's just this kid left, and that's who Luke goes to visit and kind of... I think does everything he can to kind of try and help this kid. And even, even when this kid, you know, calls Luke a hero, Luke's like, I'm not hero. Just trying to do what's right. Yes. (laughs) I was trying to work in a dynamite drop. I was trying to find a, I was trying to, I was reaching for a for hire pun, but I couldn't make one. So Luke's not a hero yet, (laughs) but he could be one. He could be. If you pay him. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because when you go back to the conversation he was having with Claire. Yeah. They were kind of like, I thought that's the direction the conversation was kind of going. Like, be a hero for hire. But you know what? That doesn't jibe with his character, though. It really doesn't. Like, I I get that that's where. Exactly. I get that's where the character came from. Yeah, I think in the comics. He's gone beyond that, though. I don't like I can see him and Danny working together but not as quote-unquote heroes for hire yeah I, they're not this is not a paycheck for them yeah luke is no no this, he's he's too nice a guy um jess is doing her own investigating into the uh the, the the dude allegedly cheating on his wife yeah we see uh malcolm from jessica jones another you know family character coming back and yep. malcolm's all cleaned up and now, she does her own investigating, and she find, my note says she finds uh, a whole bunch of C4. She finds a lot of boom-boom sticks. Yes. Crates That's, of it in this guy's apartment. Yeah. Why would he have that? Hmm. I wonder. I mean, I know, but once again. I guess we'll see. This could be an interesting dynamic until you get caught. So are you going to like? Are you gonna try and knock out the series before we get to... Yes. The end of it, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably finish it before then. But uh, for now, I just watched the one episode. Um, we got some more stuff with Madame Gao and Sigourney Weaver. Yes. And they're right near St. Patrick's Cathedral, by the way. Yeah. This uh, same location, if you remember from Daredevil season one, that Wilson Fisk met. 
Madam Madam Gap. Look at that. Okay. Okay. Then there's an earthquake. Yes. In New York. Which are not common in New York. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, And we see how, like, all the characters are reacting to the earthquake, and the episode kind of ends with uh, the reveal of Electra. Right. That she is. She's she's alive. alive. Spoilers. Um, That scene you've seen in, like, all the trailers, you know. It's just a city. You'll get used to watching them fall. Um, and then we it kind of ends with Matt kind of hearing everything. This and is not, Matt's, well, at least the way I look at it, Matt, this is your call to action, buddy. Yeah, because we see can't, him. Can't hide he, anymore. He has, a, he has a scene with the priest yep. in the confessional yep. where Matt's struggling with not being Daredevil. Because, like, not only is it you're calling... With Matt's abilities, he is constantly reminded yeah. that he is not doing what he feels his calling is. Yep. He's partially doing it with being a lawyer. Sure. But, like, we see in the scene that, like, he is almost physically restraining himself. And, as you know, us as fans are just like, get your butt in gear. Put the suit on out, and get out help there. help some people. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it goes to credits. Credits. Oh, quick question. What did you think of the intro sequence for the show? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember the sequence that much, but I do remember uh, being immediately, I liked the theme. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's all I can think of. It's, it's not as good as Daredevil's theme, which I think is great, yep. but I did like it. That's all I remember. I have only watched it once, so I don't remember it, but yeah. I just my, my snap judgment was well, I like that. Yeah. Well, the intro sequences are always like a, like a highlight. Of these shows, very they are. distinct, very well done. I thought um, Iron Fist was Iron Fist is my favorite, actually. I liked it. It just it didn't fulfill the yeah, the show yeah. didn't fulfill the promise of the intro credits. I know. <laughs> and I like Luke Cage's obviously as well. I will tell um, you this, which is not a spoiler. Okay, the fight scenes in this series are more akin to Daredevil than they are at Iron Fist. Well, then they're going to be good then. So yes, all right. very good. And we know there's a hallway involved at some point. So briefly. There has to be. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a Marvel show. Of course. <laughs> Always. So, yeah. Um, yep. Overall, first uh, first episode gave me the warm and fuzzies. Good to see everyone together. Well, not they're not together yet, but just good to see everybody in one show. And it uh, it, 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 it was very cool. I yeah. kind of got excited to see everybody, even though I've watched all these shows in succession for the sake of our show. So, I'm, it's not like... It's great to see. It's just it's getting just back cool. to the core of what our show is. It's great to see Matt again. Yeah, because it's, it's been it's been over a year. Yeah, but like, I, mean, I remember I first started watching Daredevil season two in the hospital, like shortly after Julie. Now the day after Julia delivered William. I just mean like you know I just we just finished watching season two. You know you think I'd be yeah. I'd be like fatigued. No, you know hey Matt, all right, cool new new adventures of Matt. Luke, we just finished Luke before we finished uh, uh, yep. Daredevil season two. It's like, oh man, Luke. All right, cool. It just, I don't know. So it's weird. I had, I had a very weird, like, excited reaction to like everything kind of lining up. So yeah. I'm looking forward to more. Trust me, more exciting moments to come. All right, cool. All right, folks, that brings this episode to a close. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, if you could please retweet share our new episode announcements we'd very much appreciate it if you want to send in any questions or comments to the show to be right on the air you can do so at the following locations you can 
Find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, any last thoughts? If any listeners would like to uh, take kindly upon me and uh, sell me their uh, Super NES Classic at, at, at the fair and reasonable uh, re- uh, manufacturer suggested retail price. We we don't do markup here. <laughs> friends are friends, right? <laughs> right? 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 As speaking as the guy who marked up. Yeah, I was about to say. Didn't you sell the NES Classic to Jay for a bit of a markup? No, no but I did sell uh, a Switch to Jay for a bit of a markup. <laughs> okay, it was a fair markup. Jay, if you're listening, get an extra SNES Classic. Mark up the ever living crap. <laughs> to be fair, uh, him and him and him and the wife are thoroughly enjoying this, their switch. So, might, I'd like to think I hope, that uh, I hope they would for the price they paid for it. Oh, listen to you, <laughs> listen to you. Well, you, you just spent the past couple of days. We're all friends here. No more. That's right. That's right. You marked up one of your friends. Hey, business is business. <laughs> anyway, I all digress. Right. I just want one. That's all. Okay. We'll, we'll I, I'll, I'll pay. I'll, I'll put this. I will pay. I will pay fair and reasonable markup. Okay. That I will determine. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining us. Courts adjourned.